The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. Turn with me, please. In your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 12. The book of Matthew chapter 12, verse 13. Are you there? Matthew chapter 12 verse 30. I read. This is Jesus speaking. He said, he that is not with me is against me. And he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. I read it again. He that is not with me is against me. And he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad abroad and we are blessed by the reading of God's word. I'm continuing my message that I have titled 25 signs of those who gather and this is part 10. 25 signs of those who gather and this is part 10. Next week we'll be concluding it and uh, we'll be getting into our Christmas messages after that. Now Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. Jesus is our Lord. He's our master. He's our savior. He's the foundation upon which the church is built. Jesus is God. Jesus is the only begotten of the father and he was given to be sacrificed for you and I so that we'll have eternal life. Jesus in his wisdom when he was here on earth prepared for 30 years for three and a half years of ministry and in those 30 years whilst he was here on earth and preparing he was making sure that he was putting in place the right foundation so that after he leaves, what he starts can still continue. This is how the great apostle Paul puts it. Paul said, I have built, let everyone, or he said, I have laid a good foundation. He said, let everyone be careful how he builds upon it. So when Jesus came here on earth, he prepared in such a way that after he's gone, 2,000 years later, the church of Jesus Christ is still going strong. The reason why the church is still going strong was because of what Jesus put in the foundation of the church. That's why he said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus' desire is for his church to grow stronger and stronger. So when he was here on earth, he started teaching, and then one day he said something very profound. He said, he that is not with me is against me. In other words, his ultimate desire is to have a group of people who have the same mission statement, who have the same understanding, who have the same focus and the same purpose, as to what he is building. 
the greatest irony in life is to be building and have a group of people who are not building with you, who don't understand where you are going. If you say, let's go right, they want to go left. If you say, let's go forward, they want to go back because they don't understand the significance of what you are building. So Jesus said, he that is not with me is against me. He that is not with me is against me. So the question is, are you with Christ or are you against Christ? Now, how do I know if I am with Christ? If I am with Christ, then that means I do what Christ does. If I am with Christ, I do what Jesus does. The question is, when you stand in front of an enemy who wants to destroy you and probably has slapped you on the cheek, what would you do? Would you slap him back? Would you slap her back? The question you want to ask is, what will Jesus do? What will you do in such a situation? So Jesus said, he that is not with me, it's against me. So you are either with Christ or you are against him. You can't say, I am in the middle. You are either with Jesus or you are against him. And then he went forth to say that he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. He that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. So that means Jesus' ultimate desire is gathering. He wants us to gather. He wants the church to be the most gathered place. He wants the church to increase. He wants the church to grow. He wants the church to expand. And for the church to grow and to expand, the church has to be a place of great gathering. The church has to be a place of great gathering. And so he said, if you are not gathering with me, then the other thing you're doing is gathering. The question I want to ask you this morning is, are you gathering or you are scattering? You can't sit on the borderline. You can't sit on the fence. You are either gathering or you are scattering. You are either gathering or you are scattering. You are either gathering or you are scattering. Don't be a scatterer. Scatterers are destroyers. Don't destroy what God is building. Be part of those who are building. Be part of those who are gathering. Be part of those who are expanding the kingdom. Be part of those who want the church to grow. Be part of those who want the church to expand. Be part of those who want the church to move forward. So to be part of those who gather, that means you have to do everything within your strength to be a gatherer. Be part of those who are gathering. Gathering means when we call for a service, you are there. You have to be the first gatherer. You can't gather anyone if you yourself are not gathering yourself. Let me say it again. You can't gather anyone if you yourself are not gathering yourself. To gather yourself means to bring yourself under discipline, under subjection. So when you wake up on a Sunday morning, it's snowing. You don't feel like going to church. But remember, you are the first gatherer of yourself. So you bring your body under subjection and you gather yourself into the house. And when you gather yourself into the house of God, others will see and follow you. If you don't gather on a weekday service, 
No matter what we say, you've made up your mind and say, as for me, I only come to church on a Sunday. Irrespective of what is happening, as for me, thank God he even had me to go on a Sunday. We are so religious. We only go to church on a Sunday to fulfill our religious obligation. To fulfill our what? Religious obligation. But remember, Christianity is not religion. You are not just coming to church to tick a box. That, oh God, when I was here on earth, I went to church. No, 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 no. You are the church. You don't go to church. You are the church. Oh, hallelujah. I think I'm preaching too much. I said, you are not going to church. You are the church. You are the body of Christ. You are the temple of the living God. So you don't go to church. You bring the church with you to the church. Glory be to God. So you have to learn to be the first gatherer of yourself. And when you gather yourself, others will be gathered unto you. Who are you gathering? How many people did you bring to Christ this year? How many souls did you win this year? How many have you introduced to church this year? When was the last time you invited someone to church? When was the last time you invited someone to church? When was the last time you invited someone to the pub? When was the last time you invited someone to the pub? When was the last time you invited someone to a party? A party. When was the last time you invited someone to the nightclub? You do. Don't pretend. You're not lifting up your hands because you're in church. But in your heart, your heart is say, lift up your hands, lift up your hands, lift up your hands. Don't lie. You know, you gather people to yourself. Now, the most, the greatest thing you will ever do for someone is to lead them to Christ. That's the greatest thing. The greatest joy you will ever have in life is to lead someone to the saving knowledge of Christ and for them to be established and for them to grow in the Lord. So Jesus said, if you are not gathering with me, then you are scattering. So we, so far we've seen 15 signs of those who gathered. Today we're going to look at another five we caught so we can cover 20 and then next week we'll finish it. And then we leave the ball to you to play. To become a gatherer. Because we've seen all the 25 signs of those who gather. The 16th sign, the reason why I'm not doing a recap is because our messages are free. You can get them. They are all there from the part 1 to part 9. It's out there free of charge. So just grab them, listen to it, and then you can follow suit. Because if I have to do a recap... Our time is not on our side. The 16th sign of those who gather is in the book of Matthew chapter 13, verse 28. Matthew chapter 13, verse 28. I read. It said, and he said unto them, an enemy has done this. The servant said unto him, will thou then that we go and gather them up. Our focus 
is on the first line. The Bible says that he said unto them. The 16th sign of the 25 signs of those who gather is they listen to the voice of their shepherd. They listen to the voice of their shepherd. Please understand, in every house, there is a voice. There is a voice. And in the life of everyone, there is a voice. The question is, whose voice are you listening to? The voice you listen to determines who or what you become. Let me say that again. The voice you listen to determines who or what you become. Whether you like it or not, what you listen to will affect you. Either positively or negatively. That's why the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith comes by what? Hearing. So it's important for you to hear and hear right. Hear the right words. Hear the right words. I don't surround myself with negative people. I don't surround myself to negative voices. I am very particular to who I am listening to. There are many voices out there. Let me say it again. There are many voices out there. Some of us, our marriages are subjected to evil voices. We take counsel from evil friends. We take counsel from a bitter divorcee. And that's a voice we have allowed into our marriage. Now, if someone is bitter, what do you think will come out of them? Bitterness. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, whatever you're full of will come out of you. Whose voice are you listening to? You can even be in this church and listen to another voice from outside. You can be in this church and be listening to another voice which doesn't belong to this church telling you what to do in this church. They don't belong to this church yet you are listening to their voice and they are telling you what to do in this church. And that's what you do. They program you like a puppet. They say when you come to, they come and upset the pastors and the leaders. And you come and do the same. They will ask you, what doesn't the pastor like? He doesn't like lateness. So when you are late, he will be upset. So today, don't go early. Go late. And you see he will be upset. Whose voice are you listening to? The Bible says that in the multitude of counselors, not evil counselors, wise counselors, there is safety. In the multitude of what? Counselors, there is safety. So that means in the multitude of evil counselors, there is the opposite of safety, destruction. Whose voice are you listening to? Jesus said in the book of John chapter 10, he said, my sheep knows my voice and they follow me. 
He said, the voice of the stranger, they will not follow. Whose voice are you following? If you are a gatherer, you hear the voice of your shepherd. The voice of your man of God. If you are going to do something wrong, the voice of your man of God should play in your, in your conscience, in your subconscious self and tell you what you're going to do is wrong. Whose voice are you listening to? That's why Jesus was so particular. He said, my sheep knows my voice. Do you know my voice? Do you hear my Now, knowing the voice is not only just coming to church and listening. Please understand that. Knowing the voice is not just coming to church and listening. Knowing the voice means doing what the voice says. The right things, though. And obviously, by God's grace, I've never stood here in this church and asked anyone to do something wrong. Never. It will never come out of my mouth. So, whose voice are you listening to? Whose voice? John chapter 10 from verse 1, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up the other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entering in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. The sheep do what? Hear his voice. And he calleth unto his own sheep by name. <coughs> and not only that, he leadeth them out. Look at the three stages. Now, for you to know the voice of the shepherd, there has to be a relationship. There has to be a relationship. Do you have a relationship with the shepherd? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Now, how many of you think that, that Jesus would tell you when you're standing on top of a huge building to jump. How many of you think he will say that? Obviously, that's not the voice of God. It's the voice of the devil. How many of you think that the devil will tell you, wake up and pray? Do you think it's the voice of God? No, no, that's not the voice of God. It's the voice of the devil. How many of you think that the devil will tell you, invite someone to church today. Will he ever say that? No, he won't. So that should tell you that that's the voice of God telling you to do the right thing. When you come to church and it's time to give and God says, give everything you have. He says, I bind you, devil. That's not the voice of devil. The devil. Because the effect of obeying God is the blessing. Is walking in the blessing. So immediately you disobey God. You don't walk in the blessing. I love it. He said, my sheep, they know my voice. And I lead them. Oh, I love that. Sheep are led. Have you ever seen a shepherd leading snakes before? Have you seen a snake being led before? Snakes are very independent. The first day they are born, they don't follow their mothers. 
the very first day they crack out of the egg. I think snakes come out of eggs, isn't it? Some of you don't know. The very first day snakes comes out of their eggs, they don't follow their mothers. They go their own way. Spirit independent too. They are very independent. Are you a snake or are you a sheep? If you are not following, then, you know. <laughs> you know what you are. If you follow, you are a sheep. If you don't follow, you are a snake. If you follow, you are a sheep. If you don't follow, you are what? A big snake. Not just a small one, a big one. Where are all the snakes in the church? Rise up now. I said all the snakes in the church will rise up now. Snakes don't follow. They, they just want to go their own way. But sheep, they follow. Some of us have our own idea how church should be like. That snake. That's a snake. We want to program the church according to our itchy ears. Why is the pastor not preaching on prosperity? Why is he always soul winning? What's the church for? The church is there for soul winning. Prosperity comes after. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all other things shall what? Follow you. You need a house? Seek first the kingdom. You need a big car? Seek first the kingdom. You need a big house? Seek first the kingdom. You need a big promotion? Seek first the kingdom. You seek the kingdom, all these things will follow you. Seeking the kingdom is making sure that the interest of the kingdom is your number one priority. Whose voice are you listening to? You are in this church and listening to another voice. Telling you how to do it. Telling you to do it the other way which is contrary to the voice of the house. There is a voice in every house. There's a voice in every marriage. Do you know what destroyed Adam and Eve? Because they are allowed a third voice. They allowed a third voice. They allowed the voice of the devil. They allowed the third voice. Don't allow any other voice in. The only voice you are permitted to allow in your life is the voice of God. The voice of God. And the voice of God will never lead you the wrong way. The Bible says you hear a voice behind you telling you this is the way. Walk ye in it. So verse 4, Jesus said, it's verse 4 of John chapter 10. He said, and when he put forth his own sheep, he goeth before them. That's talking about leading. And the sheep follow him and they know his voice. Verse 5, and a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him. For they know not the voice of strangers. Whose voice are you listening to? Gatherers. They listen to the voice of God. So when we say soul winning, that's the voice of God. That's the voice of God. That's the voice of God. Soul winning is the voice of God. So you hear the voice of God and you do what? You follow. 
Don't say every time they're asking us soul winning, soul winning. And we're always winning souls. <coughs> you know, I stopped preaching what people want me to preach long ago. As a matter of fact, I've never preached what people want me to preach. Now, guess who has called me? Who called me? I didn't call myself. So who do I obey? I obey the one who called me. You want me to obey you? To obey you is you say, ah, pastor has been teaching on 25 signs for the past 10 weeks. And ah, we've been going for months. Oh, what, what else do you want us to talk about? You want us to come and say, holy water, come. Holy water, come and buy. Take it one. Take it two. Take it three. I see in the far corner, that sister wearing the blue hat. There's a devil in your house. Is that what you want? Deception. What, what itches your skin is what you want. You want us to scratch you at where it's itching. Itchy ears. We won't. In this church, we preach what God has asked us to preach. We obey God. I obey God. And I put what he has asked me to preach. I preach what he has asked me to preach. I don't preach what tickles your feeling. I preach what God says preach. So if he says preach on gatherers, oh, if it's one year, I'll preach and preach and preach and preach. Next year, oh. God has asked us, our whole branches, we are going to be preaching one message for three months. Just one message. For three months. Exciting. This one is how many, how long have we been doing this? Ten weeks? It's near to what? Three months. But because I've been in and out. So near to what? Two and a half months. But next month for the first time, we're going to stay on just one subject for three months. That's what he says, and that's what we do. Number 17, the 17th sign of the 25 signs of those who gather is they can be trusted with sensitive information. They can be trusted with sensitive information. Matthew chapter 13, verse 28. Are you there? I read. The Bible says that he said unto them, an enemy has done this. Now notice, all this while that the master and his servant were talking, this is the first time the master is responding to what they've been saying. And then for the first time, he said, an enemy has done this. Remember the enemy went and saw Tars when they were sleeping at night. But for the first time, the master is saying an enemy has done this. Now, at this point, he has discovered who sold the Tars. And he's telling his servants that is the enemy. Now, this is a very sensitive information that is coming out of the mouth of the, the master for the first time. 
So that means those who gather can be trusted with sensitive information. If we entrust you with an information of this church, can you keep it to yourself? Or you go out publishing it. If a sister in the house comes to you with a challenge, tells you, I'm struggling here and there, can you keep it? Or you go out to the whole church telling everybody, have you heard? Don't tell, don't tell her. Don't tell her. Do you know that sister said, say, don't, don't tell her, don't tell her, because she said, I shouldn't tell anybody. The person has come to entrust you with the sensitive information and all you do is break their privacy, betray their privacy and go out there spreading. Now, if, if she wants to tell everybody, she could have gone telling everyone because she's got mouth to talk. She could have gone telling everyone, but she trusted you, came to you. Instead of you praying with her, you are out there tweeting it, Facebooking it. You can be trusted with sensitive information. That's why God didn't invite everyone to Mount Moriah. That's why he didn't invite everyone to Mount Zion. He only invited those that he can trust. When Moses was going for the Ten Commandments, not everyone came. It was just him. When Jesus was going on the Mount of Transfiguration, not all his disciples came. It was only Peter, James, and John. And even after that, Jesus told them, the things you've seen here, don't go telling everybody. Can you be trusted? Are you a trusted son? Are you a trusted daughter? We tell you something and then you go. You're in the prayer department. We say, this sister has a challenge. Let's pray. We said, let's pray. And let's keep it in the prayer department. Now you have made it a public, a public topic. We, you, are, you are in the prayer department. People have issues. The only way these issues can be dealt with it's when we agree in prayer. We come to you, we give you this sensitive information and then you come publicly and say, eh, let us pray for, for... That's not what we ask you to do. You are trusted with information. I've seen churches where members go to the pastor for counseling and then the next Sunday service they are preaching that sister or that brother's problem publicly. There's one thing I've never done, will never do is to ever come and stand in the church and preach people. I know people have issues. I know everyone have issues. Who doesn't have a problem? Everyone does. I don't come here and preach people's issues. No, I preach the word. 
Now, if I'm preaching somebody, if they are no longer here, then that means my message is finished. I have no one to preach. I have nothing to preach. You preach the word. You teach the word. That's what we've been called to do. Teach the word. Don't go disclosing what a sister discloses to you in secret in that department to everyone. You are not a gatherer. You are a scatherer. When you do that, you are scattering people. They think they can trust you not knowing you are destroying their lives. When the church has a strategy to reach out, do you go out there in the public disclosing the strategy of the church? Because, you know, to to build a church of this size, you need to work in a lot of wisdom. You need to work in a lot of wisdom. There are certain things we can't come disclosing to the church publicly because... Do you know we are working every day? We are working every day. We are not just here on a Sunday. Sunday is nothing. The church is constantly working behind the scenes, working every day, making sure you are comfortable, making sure we put in, in place what will make your life better every day. So, that, that, that's why there are certain things we can't disclose to you before you realize we've done it. Say, how did we get to do this? Because we know some of you, if we disclose it to you, you go to the enemy of the church. Have you not heard? Oh, that church is saying they are going to do that. Have you not heard? They are going to do it. You take it to the enemy. You disclose the strategies of the church. And for any church to be successful, it needs to have strategies in place. Don't be in the, in the financial stewards and disclose the financial giving of people to the church members. You're in the financial stewards and then somebody gives 50,000 pounds. And then the next thing, because you've seen it, you go knocking on their doors and say... You know, I've just had this big problem. You know, I just have this. That's not what we put you there for. We put you there so that you can keep people's confidential giving. You don't go knocking and wanting to borrow. That's why people can't even share testimonies of financial breakthrough in the church anymore. Because when they do, the next thing is, oh, oh, God is good. God, why don't you extend all I want is, can, can you imagine somebody comes to church and says, God has blessed me with 500 million pounds. Honestly, honestly, honestly. Tell me after the service, you will not go to that brother. Honestly, in your heart of hearts. You start saying, God, you know, if only this brother, all I need is 50,000. If they only give me a 50,000, I'll buy that house. I'll do this. I'll do that. You, you will go to them. That's why people can come and share their testimony 
of financial prosperity. <coughs> it's happened to me before. I remember there was this time in Ghana when I started a fellowship. It was a morning devotion. <coughs> and and um, we used to meet early in the morning about half four and pray. And that, that morning devotion grew. We used to pray in a bush. It grew so much that we, we had another one. So we had another branch. And I put one of the guys to lead the branch. So he, he heard that somebody gave me some huge money. I came to testify during the morning devotion. The next thing I see, this brother comes knocking on my door asking to borrow some money. Now, what can you do? You've just shared a testimony that somebody has given you a big money. And the person knocks and says, can I borrow money? And you are the leader of this. They will say, if you don't give, they'll say, ah, you are very wicked. And some people are very manipulative. They manipulate sensitive information and trust it into their hands. That's why some wives can't tell their husband certain things. Because once they tell him the thing, the husband will use that to manipulate them. That's why in some marriages, some, some wives are scared. They are scared because she knows if I tell you my weakness, you will use it to destroy me. And some husbands as well. A husband is weak in certain area. Tells you the wife. Maybe let's just say in the area of the, the you know, men's, one of the men's challenges is sexual sins. Last of the eyes. Goes home, tells you, you know, honey, bunny, I'm struggling. You know, when I see this sister every time in church, I begin to shake, you know, I begin to shake. Something begins to happen. I don't know whether it's, a, it's the Holy Ghost or I don't know what I'm feeling. The brother, your husband is honest, telling you the truth, how he feels. He wants you to help him. And the only way sin can be dealt with is when it's uncovered. When it's exposed. He tells you this, you get home, and then you begin to shake on one leg. <laughs> and you know, when you start shaking on one leg, it means the heavens must come down. You begin to shake on one leg. You say, hmm, I think it's not the Holy Ghost. You know what it is. You are not going to that church again. Or when he comes to the church, you all come to the church and the sister is there. You walk past the sister and you kiss your teeth. You're rude. And you start saying all kinds of things around the person. Now, your husband exposed his weakness to you. He needs you to help him. And when you begin to abuse him with that, then he's scared of telling you anything. He starts keeping things to himself. And then before you realize, he ends up sinning. 
and say God is bad. No, it's not God, it's you. Number 18, are you getting something out of this? <coughs> Number 18 sign is they operate under authority. They operate under what? Authority. Matthew chapter 13, verse 28. I read, it says that he said unto them, an enemy has done this. The servant said unto him, Will thou then that we go and gather them up? And what did he say? He said unto them, No. They operate under authority. Operating under authority simply means doing what you've been asked to do and doing it well. Some people can never operate under a delegated authority because when you give them one step, they go 10 steps. When you tell them, do this, they do the opposite. When you tell them, lead prayer for 10 minutes, they lead for 20 minutes. When you tell them, come and sing, they come and preach. All we say is come and sing, not come and preach. Delegated authority. They operate under authority. Under authority. And, and one, of the, one of the greatest things to do in life is to be someone who understands authority and operates under authority. You remember that centurion who came to Jesus in the book of Matthew chapter 8 whose servant was ill and then Jesus said, okay, go, I'm coming to your house. And he said to Jesus in Matthew 8, 8, he said, no, I'm a man under authority. I say to this one, go, and he goes. I say to this one, come, and he comes. And he said, send your word only, and my servant will be made whole. He understood authority. He was a man under authority. There's nothing greater in the kingdom of God than knowing your authority and operating within your authority. This is how Jesus puts it in John chapter 5 verse 19. He says, then Jesus answered and said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the father do. For what things soever he doeth, this also the son doeth likewise. That's authority. He is operating under what? Authority. He understands his area of influence. You are a branch pastor. Your influence is to do X, Y, Z. Don't do the opposite. You are asked to preach on soul winning. Don't say I'm going to preach on prosperity. Operate under authority. You are in the children's department. We can't see you. If we say teach our children how to shine, don't teach them how to, how to become something else. Teach them what we've asked you to teach them. You don't know better than the master. You and I don't know better than God. God knows better than us. So they operate under authority. I love what, what let, let, me, let me show you this scripture. 
And then we move to the next one. Exodus chapter 25, verse 9. This is Moses who has been asked to build. Turn with me to Exodus 25, verse 9. And look carefully at what Moses said. This is powerful. Are you there? I read. It says, according to all that I show thee. According to what? All that I show thee. After the pattern of the tabernacle. And the pattern of all the instruments thereof. Even so shall ye make it. That means do it according to pattern. Don't do it as you feel. There is a pattern. There is a design. There is a master craftsman. Do it according to what I have shown you. According to all that has been shown to you, do it the same way. That means you are under authority. Moses could have built the ark in a different way, but he came and built according to pattern. This church must build according to pattern. All our branches must be the same, preach the same, do the same thing, sing the same songs. When was the last time you walked into a Barclays Bank? Another branch of Barclays Branch that has painted itself into a Lloyd's Bank. No. Same pattern. A Barclays in London is the same Barclays in Tokyo. They operate what? The same way. Pattern. Pattern is very important because if you don't do it according to pattern, when the people get into the branch, they get confused. They get confused. That's why pattern is important. So we do it according to the pattern of the Lord. Don't say, why are we not doing it the other way? Why are we not doing it the, the way the others are doing it? Are we them? We are different. They are them. We are us. Number 19, sign of those who gather is they seek guidance continually. They seek guidance continually. Look at Matthew chapter 13 verse 28. It says that he said unto them, an enemy has done this. The servant said unto him, Will thou then that we go and gather them up? What are they doing? They are asking a question. And by so doing, they are seeking guidance. They are seeking guidance. They seek guidance continually. Continually. We must seek guidance from God continually. Hallelujah. Please bear with me because I want us to try and finish this. This is why I'm taking a bit of time. But I'm sure after we finish this series, I'll go back to my 45 minutes of preaching. Amen? Amen. I know I've just hit my 45 minutes, so just bear with me. So they seek guidance what? Continually. Psalm 31 verse 3 says that, For thou art my rock and my fortress, therefore thy name's sake, Lead me and guide me. Lead me and guide me. 
Psalm 73 verse 24 say, Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel. And afterward, receive me to glory. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel. Don't be in this church and be seeking counsel from another pastor how to operate in this church. I don't know why I keep saying that, but it seems to me that it's sometimes people do that. You are in this church and asking other pastors, how do you think we should do it in this church? Are they your pastor? Are they your leader? Are they the voice in your life? Don't come to me and say, oh, we used to do it in that church. Yeah, that church is different. This church is also different. Isn't it? This is a different church. And we do it according to pattern. So we seek the guidance of the set man. Ask, pastor, how should we do this? How should we do that? Is this how you want it to be done? Don't come and want to do it the way you think it should be done. There was a time, you know, one of my pastors said, Pastor, why don't we do healing, deliverance, and miracle services? I said to him, is that what we've been called for? He said, if we do it, the church will really grow. I said, really? Really? I believe in gradual growth than instant growth. Adam was instant growth. Jesus was gradual growth. Adam was destroyed. Jesus was never destroyed because of his gradual growth. Adam came as a big man. Boom. <laughs> and God said, no, if I have to correct this, I have to start baby Jesus. I can't start with them. Anything that starts big will end up in destruction. That's why it's better to start little by little. Little by little. Because even God says that if you enter into the promised land in a day, the beast of the field will multiply against you. They will destroy you. Some of you can't handle 100,000 pounds. You can't. If you have it in your hands now, it will destroy you. So because of that, God will give you two pounds. Gradual. Five pounds. Gradual. Fifty pounds. What is he doing? He's building your character. He's helping you to build a proper character. He doesn't want it to just land on you. Boom. Because if it does, you end up in destruction. Hallelujah. So we must seek the guidance of God continually. They seek guidance continually. Final scripture in that is 1 Samuel chapter 30 verse 8. 1 Samuel chapter 30 verse 8. This was after David's wife were taking his two wives and all his children and the enemy came and destroyed the whole land, took away their sons and their daughters. And look at the Bible says that, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. But after that, after they all wept and they wanted to stone him, look at the next thing. The Bible says that, First Samuel chapter 30 verse 8, the Bible says, and David inquired of the Lord, saying, 
Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And God answered him and said, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. Guidance. Guidance. Don't think you know better than God. Seek guidance. Some of you sometimes you're looking for a job and a job opportunity will show up. One will want to pay you 250,000 pounds a year. The other one wants to pay you maybe 32,000 pounds a year. Logic. Logic says take the 250,000 one. But when you seek guidance from God, God will say take the 32,000. It doesn't make sense. Everybody wants big. But God says take the 32,000. If you seek guidance, he will show you the right way. You don't know that. As you take that 32,000, one year down the line, you become the chief executive officer of that huge company that will give you millions of pounds. If you are chosen the 250,000 one, you'll be there for, forever. Thinking that's the quickest way, but sometimes it doesn't make sense. I was working, doing very well, and God said, go into ministry full-time. When I went into ministry full-time, I didn't have eight members. I had pastors who were asking me, what are you going to eat? How are you going to feed your family? They were asking me seriously. That's the truth. They said, how are you going to eat? How are you going to feed your family? See, guidance. God said, go full-time. I sacrificed. I was having, and I knew every month I was going to get salary from a trusted source. But God said, leave it. And go and do what I've called you to do. To God be the glory. Five years, six years, seven years down the line, God has just blessed us. He's expanded us. He's, he's been a great blessing to us. I, I mean, we are so blessed. We are so blessed. Too blessed. It's like now I'm on holiday, flying out every, every month. I'm like, this must be God. If I, I know people who are working. They are working very hard to save just to go on one little tiny holiday for years. They've been saving for 10 years. And they can't go. Are you following me? Our church, we bought a huge property in South Africa. A huge, massive. I was telling a man of God yesterday, he said, wow, this is unbelievable. We bought it from here. All from here. All the branches we've started, we started all from here. Amen. All from here. You think we're joking? We started all from here. All the equipment they are using, we bought all from here. Say, so how is it happening? Guidance. Guidance. That property there in SA, we're going to build a 5,000 seater and then we're going to move it later to about 25,000 seater. You know, just, it's so big. I mean, they sent me pictures. I was looking at it. I said, God, this must just be God. Are you following me? If you're driving 30 minutes, you won't get to the end. It's 30 minutes by 30 minutes drive at 60 miles per hour. It's like a whole city. It's a whole city. 
And that's what we're going to do in everywhere we go from here. So, so you see, I'm telling you, when you see God's guidance, it might seem as if you are, you, you are, you are last. But his word says, the first shall be the last. And the last shall be the first. It's never too late on God's calendar. You are never late on God's calendar. You are never late on God's calendar. If you can seek his guidance, it always seems as if it's the long route. But at the end, he said, you surely recover all. The last one, the last one is they follow instructions. They follow instructions. Matthew chapter 13 verse 29. The master said to them, but he said, nay, means no. When they said, shall we go and approach the test? What did he say to them? No, nay. And what did they do? They didn't do it. They followed instruction. Sometimes, you know, I don't know, but this is how God operates. Sometimes you want to do something and God will say no. You want to do what seems right and God will say no. And it will seem as if, but God, it doesn't make sense. It's rightful for us to do this, but God says what? No. All you have to do is follow instruction. What's the purpose of instruction? The purpose of an instruction is to help you maximize, maximize the use of the thing. This microphone came with an instruction. This iPad came with an instruction. This projector came with an instruction. If you don't read the instruction, you will not maximize its use. Are you following me? But if you follow the instructions, sometimes the instructions might seem is the long route. But if you follow it step by step, even though it takes a bit longer, you get the best out of the product. It's like when you buy a bird that you have to put together. All you have to do is follow the instructions step by step. But if you miss a step, you might fix all the bed and realize that there's a screw that has been left or there's a small tiny part that has been left. But if you don't put that part together, it affects the whole structure of the bed. But if you follow simple instruction, you would have what? Succeeded. You would have succeeded. So it is important that as those who gather, we follow what instructions. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7 says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools destroys, despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 1.8 says, my son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. Proverbs 13.1 says that a wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. Instructions. Listen to instructions. Instructions are very, very simple to follow. Have you, have you ever thought about a pilot 
flying at 30,000 feet. And then when he's 30,000 feet in the air, above sea level, decides and say, I'll operate this plane according to how I feel. Not according to instructions. According to what, how I feel. Do you know what will happen? Do you know what will happen? So, pilots don't operate according to how they feel. They operate according to instructions. At 500,000 speed, press this. Instruct. You have to press it. If you don't press it, you'll meet your maker. <laughs> Simple instructions. And I've noticed that in the church, people find it very difficult to follow instructions. Very difficult. You see, when a pastor gives you an instruction, that instruction is to make you better. How many of you know that? It's to make you what? It's not to make you worse. If we tell you that don't fornicate, it's not the pastor's body, is it? Is it the pastor's body? It's your own body. God says that you are destroying the temple. So if we tell you that, the purpose is for you to become better. It's a simple instruction, but the rewards are enormous. They say, ah, I don't, I'm a man of my own. I'm a man of my own. I want to do it as I like. Really? No wonder. See where your life is now. I've seen many people who have ignored simple instructions and they have destroyed their own life. Simple instructions. You can't say, I want to drive on the streets of London as I feel. Everybody drives on the right. I, will, I choose to drive on the left. That's how I feel. You die on the basis of how you feel. You die. And some of us are dead. We are dead, spiritually dead. And we are in the church. We are dead. You are dead spiritually because you are following your own instructions. The master says, no, don't uproot it. Leave it. And you say, ah, no, let's do it now. It says, leave it. It says, let's do it now. We say, leave it. You say, let's do it now. And at the end of the day, when your life doesn't go according to what you hope, you say, oh, it's the devil. No, you lack following instructions. And I tell you, I've, you see, church is not about how you feel. It's not about how you feel, you know. Christianity, the success of a Christian is not based on how you feel. It's based on the simple instructions that you follow. And if you can follow simple instructions, you will be successful in this world. Hallelujah. Did you receive it? Oh, come on. Let's give God a better hand clap of praise. Let's please rise up on our feet.
you've heard today, I have taught extensively. We've done 20 signs. By God's grace, we'll finish the last five signs next week. It's been a marathon for us. But I just want to encourage all of us, after this, please get all the messages. Just listen to it. There'll be a great blessing to you. Right now, I just want you to close your eyes and to talk to God. Everything you've heard, ask God to help you. 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 He wants to make you. He wants to make you. He wants you to be fruitful. He wants you to be successful. He wants you to be a blessing. He wants to take you far. Ask God to help you. Today you've heard many things. You've heard many things. Just yield, yield, obey the Lord. Obey the Lord, obey the Lord. Obey him, obey him. Father, we thank you that we'll be obedient to your word. We give you praise. We love you, Jesus. We exalt you in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Father, this morning, we've come to you We've come to you in humility. We've heard your word. Some of the things you've spoken to us has made some of us a bit uncomfortable. It will bring a big adjustment in our lives. But Lord, as we make these little adjustments, we know that you'll take us far. Because we know that big doors, big doors swings on small hinges big doors, swings on small hinges. So Lord, as we make these small adjustments, we'll become that big door. We'll become that big Christian. We'll become that big marriage, big church that you are calling us to be. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. How many of you are excited to be what God has called you to become. Amen. I believe you'll become. Amen. I believe you'll be great. Amen. I believe in your future. Amen. This is why I'm spending my time to water you. To become all that God has called you to become. Amen. God bless you.